Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Esports Now Network. He's Kevin Quickly. I'm Jared Prugar. Kevin, there seems to be a game that's going on Saturday, uh, state away, that's pretty important. You're talking about the game in Maryland? No. Oh, you're talking about the game in Columbus. That's right. Penn State, Ohio State, biggest game of the season. Arguably the biggest game of James Franklin's career to this point in time. Yes, and it, and it's and it's big. Yeah, there we obviously have two teams that are ranked in the top ten, right? Uh, Ohio State's three, Penn State is seven. It is not necessarily for all the all the marbles because we're only seven games in, but this is a game of incredible magnitude because of what it means for everybody involved. This is a college football shake up if Penn State wins. This is just normal Ohio State if they win. But Penn State is fortunate enough to be in a position where they can still salvage their season. And that's the same thing for no matter who loses, right? But for James Franklin, this is his year. This is the year that he this is the year that he has to win. He has to get the job done Saturday in Columbus. It's no more one and no mentality. That goes out the window if you can't figure out how to beat Ohio State by by all means he's been close multiple times you know it it has been no more than a two-score game the last five years if I'm not mistaken but you've got to figure out ways to get it done for all four quarters and that's something they just simply have not been able to do since 2016 and let's be real that was a fluke away from from being another loss depends to Ohio State I should say yeah, just pure hard play, block field goal, return for a touchdown. Grant Haley barely even gets into the end zone there. And who knows, like, if they had been stopped in, like, the three- or four-yard line, was Penn State even going to score there? 2014, you go back to the double overtime game, couple key missed calls. Penn State probably wins that game, or it's pretty damn close to it. Well, no, they would have won that game. An interception on the first drive that shouldn't have been an interception, and then... The, the play clock expires on the 45 yard field goal or whatever it does uh, to force OT for Ohio state. So they've been close. They've been close in 2017. It took a last second drive. I believe, believe was led by uh, Dwayne Haskins at that time. Um, Dwayne Haskins and Brax, Braxton Miller. I think it's Dwayne Haskins 2017. That seems to be about the right time on there. And, He's just not gotten this team over the hump. He's famously said, this is what makes a good program great, is going on the road and beating these top five opponents, Penn State's. What, five oh, years from that, from that, by the way. Good to, Owen, good to, great to elite. Owen 14, uh, the last ranked matchups uh, against top five opponents, has a chance to break that streak. There's, there's a lot on the line, and if you go to 7-0, and if you beat the number three ranked Ohio State, all the bogus that we've been playing with in the AP poll about them dropping, Florida State's jumped them, Oklahoma's jumped them, Washington has jumped them. If you go into Columbus and beat the number three team ranked in the country, all of that goes out the window. And if you look at the schedule going forward, which we won't do, you only have Michigan left. Yeah, like, and that's this- the thing. I mentioned this in my article or my column uh, for Nittany Sports Now. You know, this is this is the this is a team that is ready that is capable of winning in Columbus. You know, a lot of times for James and it's listen. By no means is this a knock on the teams that he's had. He's had some pretty good teams, but 
the issue sometimes at coaching, I think the fourth quarter in 2017 was his last year. I don't think you can pin that one solely on him. I think that there's a lot that goes in that's involved in on last year's matchup. But the, the thing now is the time is now. It doesn't get any better than this. You've got your quarterback. You've got your defenses playing dominant football. Sure, have they been ten- tested? Not so much. But neither has Ohio State. They played Notre Dame. But Notre Dame honestly probably should have won that game had they not gone again with 10 men and Jesus. However, you played with 11. So, and that's a game that I didn't think Ohio State looked great. I think they look very, very more human than they've looked, you know, over the course of the series, over the course of the last few years. And I think that's why Penn State needs to pounce. And we'll talk in the second segment about how Penn State can beat Ohio State. But the issue here is you've got to play all four quarters. Now, that's also something that they have not done all year. They've yet to play a full game. Both, And there's value in that. And there's also, you know, a little bit of competitiveness um, or a little bit of maybe, you know, fatigue that could – be a factor though i don't foresee that being a thing but this is put up or shut up you know we the good the great two elite penn state's gotten infinitely closer to those top five teams those upper echelon teams over the course of the last few years they're dominating recruiting they're developing talent they're putting talent into the league this team is primed for this moment it's at noon i think that's a neutralizer of the crowd to an extent you wake up and you got to get ready to go now with that said, Penn State is notorious for not starting off well early. Now, and, and, and yeah, same thing. Ohio State's a good first-half team. Penn State's a good second-half team. Who's going to make those adjustments? Who's going to, you know, make the, the better coaching decisions? That remains to be seen. But this is James Franklin's best chance to get a win in Columbus, and it be expected. Yeah, and Penn State hasn't had a game where the starters played all four quarters. I think James said they played 76 players last week. Ohio State, two of their last three games, Maryland and Notre Dame, their starters played full four quarters. That Notre Dame game, you're right, probably should have lost it. The Maryland game, if it's not for Talia throwing two picks, I mean, they, they trailed in the third quarter against Maryland. Maryland's not a fantastic team by any figment of the imagination. And if you're watching the Purdue game last weekend, yeah, they won 41-7. to Purdue's quarterback, Hudson Card, 13 of 32 passing. But Purdue has success of, of running the ball. They're three and a half yards of carry. They missed three field goals. They really had a chance to score two touchdowns. So this is, I mean, Purdue could have put up 21, 24 points on this Ohio State defense. And Purdue's not necessarily uh, blowing down the Big Ten West. They're two and five, they're one and three in the conference. So, you mentioned it. Ohio State looks human, and yes, they are favored in this game, but this is a game that I, I've not read many score predictions, but I've not read one in favor. They've all been Penn State people. I've not read one in favor of Ohio State. Everyone's predicting Penn State to go in, and this is the week where you have to do it. It's there. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and I'm not going to say for he's going to be on the hot seat, but it's the last year of the four-year playoff. You want to make it one more. You want to make it the first time in the four-team playoff. You want to be known as being one of the, what, eight, nine teams that ever made the four-team college football playoff before it goes to 12. You want to be in that. You want to be in that category. Winning this game goes a long way towards that. 
2016 taught us you want to control your own destiny. They had too many vulnerable, too many variables. I should say, you know, they got smoked by Michigan and they got beat by Pitt late, you know, in 2016, but ended up beating Ohio State and going to the Big Ten championship game. You can't leave any any doubt. And James Franklin mentioned it last week about scheduling to be undefeated. Their goal was to be undefeated. You're right. They need to make the playoff. It has to happen. There is a lot at stake as far as that goes. Now, I think this, of all years, this could be a year where they could have put three Big Ten teams in the playoff. And it honestly would have worked out just fine. But, you know, I think nature is going to run its course here. But if Penn State wins in Columbus, not only do they jump from six or seven to, to three or two or one or whatever, because this will be the biggest win of anybody in the top um, top five outside of um, Washington's defeat over Oregon. Obviously, this is a little bit more of a magnitude. That was a seven, eight, whatever. This is three versus six or three versus seven, I should say. So you go out and do that. I think they flip swats. I think that ends up Penn State ends up three or two or whatever. And then that's a that's a great situation to be in. But then you got to keep rolling. You've got to be able to beat Michigan. Nobody's talking about Michigan because obviously this Ohio State game is super important. But I think this is a year they match up okay against Michigan. Last year, I think is an anomaly. They've gotten better up front defensively, which is exactly what they wanted to do. That was their goal. And that defensive front is good. Now we're going to see just how good they are against the Buckeyes on Saturday. Yeah, and Ohio State might get looks like they're gonna get Travion Henderson back. Uh it's, it's not looking like they'll have Mayan Williams. Um Kate Stover's gonna be a guy to guy to look for it. Can they get a good matchup with the linebacker um in the past game? And maybe does he help out on the pass rush? Because Penn State has been showing that three DN defensive line has been phenomenal the last couple of games that they've rolled that out. And Purdue managed three sacks, six tackles for loss. I'm mostly just going off the last game. You're only as good as your last game. If Purdue's defensive line is getting three set three six, does Penn State get four ten? Do they get five sacks? Five would be astronomical, I think. But a four and a half sack, maybe eight or nine tackles for loss. Penn State's defense keeps them in this with ease if you're doing that. And what is the matchup between Kalen King and Marvin Harrison Jr. looking like Kalen King said in the offseason, he wants it. He wants it again. Everybody think, wants this. I mean, every, that's a great I, matchup. Yeah. I mean, all that's the scouts want it too. So I'm yeah. sure Manny Diaz is seeing him in practice. He's like, oh yeah, you're you're ready for this. Yeah. No, and I and I think that's a that's a great look. But we're gonna talk about how Penn State can beat Ohio State here when we come back for the second segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Nifty Sports Now Network. Lashing Out Podcast on an Esports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, I don't I don't want people to stop listening, but by by all means, I do feel that Penn State is going to beat Ohio State. I said it, and this is how. Penn State has to be able to control the game. They have to control it from the outset. That is running the football. People I people have said that Penn State doesn't have a running game. They are averaging the most rushing yards per game in the Big Ten. Again. This is the best game that either team has had, a best matchup they have had 
all season. No disrespect to the to the Fighting Catholics in Indiana, but this is the best matchup. This is the these are the two toughest teams on paper. Now that remains to be seen on in between the lines at the horseshoe, but this is the game that Penn State has to win. They've got to have Drew Aller be a game manager. What he's been doing has been working. You talk about the deep ball, this deep ball, that. You can hit me in the head with a wiffle ball bat, but they don't need to throw that ball. They don't need to take risks. This is a game they win by checking it down, hitting the open receiver, getting five, six, seven yards, staying ahead of the chains rather than chasing the ball downfield. And if they're able to do that offensively, that's only going to set them up well defensively. The defense got gassed last year by all means. They spent way too much time on the field after Penn State um, mistakes uh, offensively and you know, when that happens, it, you wear down. And that's why that the fourth quarter looked the way that it did against the Buckeyes last year. But if they're able to control the pace of the game, run the football well, we have not seen the best Penn State offense. Just like we haven't seen things from the defense yet that Manny Diggie has, has dialed up. But, man, this is the most confident I think I've been watching a Penn State defense heading into Columbus. Yeah, and let's let me switch back to the offense because you were – you're talking about that the most. Ohio State runs a 4-2-5. What can you do against a 4-2-5 that you can't get do, let's say, against a 4-3? There's space. There's space 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. What do you do with that space? You run the damn ball. You take a third linebacker off the field and you put a safety in his place. I love that matchup. You get a tight end blocking a safety instead of an outside linebacker. You get a pulling guard trying to block a safety versus an outside linebacker. That is a matchup heaven for Penn State. So if Ohio State wants to run that 4-2-5 all day long, they drew out there, yeah, just don't throw it 30 yards down the field. No problem. Like Katron Allen, Nick Singleton average five, six, seven, eight yards a carry. And Drew Aller has shown. He's, he is, I'm going to use a, a couple analogies tonight. First one I'm going to use. He's like a race car driver that doesn't wreck the car, right? Mm-hmm. The team, and he lets the team do the rest. If you're a race car driver, if you're taking all the risks and you wreck the car on the wall, you can't win. You can't win the race. If you do consistent laps and you're hitting your marks, and you maybe like leave a tenth or two here on the on the lap, that's okay. Because if your team can turn out the fastest pit stop or whatever, get you back out in the lead, you can jump everybody. That's what Drew Aller does. He doesn't he does throw picks. If you want to let him say, "Hey, dink and dunk all day long," I hate to use the word ding and dunk and i'm not really using it in a negative way it's a positive thing james franklin talked about it if the defense gives him that five yard under route or nick singleton slips out the backfield and he turns what could have been an income what would have been an incomplete pass potentially interception forcing it into double coverage downfield and it becomes a five-yard play well not second and five what are you doing second five you can do anything and i think that's that's the way this offense has worked this year and I think that's going to be advantage Penn State against Ohio State's defense there. You're absolutely right. So that's the thing. You know, you look at it in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, you know, James Franklin made this comment Tuesday at his press conference. You don't check down in your backyard. Obviously, the the stakes are a lot higher on a college football field. But take what the defense gives you. If it if the deep ball's not there, yeah, the 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 seventy eight yard passes, the sixty yard passes are sexy as hell. They're they are incredible. They're like a Victoria's Secret supermodel. But sometimes a little modesty isn't a bad thing either, right? So it, it's it's all about consistency. It's all about you know making sure that you're doing the right things. You know, if they can go out and execute, 
and not turn the ball over. The turnover is what killed them last year. But again, just go out and play your game. Uh, defensively, we're going to see a lot more stunts and blitzes. They have to put pressure on Kyle McCord. If they put pressure on Kyle McCord, good things are going to happen. So yeah. when when they're doing that, you know, you just got to get after it and get after get after the quarterback. They have the dogs up front now. I think this is a little bit of better match. They match up way better against Ohio State than they have Michigan. So who's who's better up front? And that's what's going to dictate this game. Who can keep their quarterback upright and from and limit the mistakes? Yeah, and again, referencing the Purdue game, it's the one I watched the most of for Ohio State. When Kyle McCord was under pressure, that yeah, I mean, he was terrible. I mean, he I think he threw two touchdowns under pressure. One to or one to Julian Fleming ended up being a penalty, and uh, they ended up scoring from the two yard line. But he threw up one to Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. It's just an absolute duck. The front of the ball, like the 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 leading nose of the ball, never dipped back down. Like it was just like a fl- ball floating, like a aircraft doing a low low uh, flyby, trying to land on an aircraft carrier or something. Like you can get away with that against Purdue, but if you throw that that crap duck ball that's just floating against Penn state. That's going to be pick six. I mean, mm-hmm. this Penn state defense is so much faster than anything Ohio state has seen. Like even Notre Dame's defense isn't really that fast. It's good. It's sizable. It's, it's built to stop ACC programs. I mean, Penn state's defenses, it's built to stop a spread offense like Ohio state, like West Virginia. And they've, they've Manny Diaz has put every piece together that he needs to, and if you put pressure on Kyle McCord like they've been able to do every week this year, it I mean, this could be a, they could feast. And Kyle McCord has not thrown a lot of picks, but this this is this is the hardest defense that he has faced. Granted, it's Penn State's hardest defense that they'll face too. But I, I really like the Penn State matchup because they're built to stop the pass. They're built to stop the pass. Our concern coming into this season was can they stop the run? They're, average, they're averaging like 2.3 yards a carry against. So they've been able to do that, and no one has thrown the ball on them. The other thing that I think people aren't looking at, and, and this is easy to to kind of bypass, Penn State wants this more than Ohio State. Ohio, a loss to Penn State for Ohio State is nothing, right? That's just, okay, well, they beat us. But a, a loss to Ohio State is the same song and dance, right? It's what made Sean Clifford a pariah. It was, the, it was like Groundhog's Day. A, a win against Ohio State, though, James Franklin solidifies himself. He he validates everything. Manny Diaz validates his defense. Mahirsich validates his offense. That, to me, also puts Penn State in a little bit of an advantage. You got to want it. You know, you can't measure want. You can't measure desire. But this is a game, despite what they're going to say, you know, and, and I just saw this on, on Twitter. I just saw Adam Brenneman mention this, and I was going to mention this as well. But Penn State can say whatever the hell they want in the media. They have they have been thinking about this since the day the schedule came out. It that's the worst kept secret. They don't even have to say it because everybody in the world has been thinking about this game since the schedule came out. Since they saw the way that it played out, we get an early early season matchup, mid season matchup. I, sh- I guess I should say with two of the best teams in the Big Ten, let alone the Big Ten East, battling for Big Ten supremacy, battling for national supremacy. This win would validate so much for Penn State. It doesn't validate anything for Penn, for Ohio State and the Buckeyes. It just says, oh, well, and, and honestly, it might put Ryan Day on the hot seat because he hasn't really done much recently. And, it, and football is a what have you done for me lately type of game. But if Penn State goes out, wants it more, 
and and listen, these guys fight for their coaches. And and I think that was the thing. I went to Joe Smeltzer and I went to State Media's uh, little thing at Champs Downtown on Monday night with Adam Brenneman and 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 those guys from Mercury. And Christian Hackenberg was there, and and Brandon Bell, and they also had Adisa Isaac, um, Devon Allies, and Nick Dawkins, Theo Johnson, Caden Saunders, um, Jerry Cross, and, and and a lot of couple a couple other guys as well. But the biggest thing that I took away from that, from the players' perspective, is they want to fight for their coach. They will go to battle for their coaches. I think that's the same thing at Ohio state. I think that's the same thing for a lot of teams everywhere, but when you have guys that are going to war for, um, or, or going to battle, I should say uh, for Manny Diaz, for Mike Yurcich, for James Franklin, that's a great recipe for success. Yeah. I think you, this game has to mean more like you have to be putting more mindfulness or like, devoting more of your mind to this like paying attention to the extra details all of that but what you also have to do is you have to not do what rory mcelroy does at the masters where he shows up two weeks early he plays eight practice rounds at at augusta and he goes out in rounds one and shoots a 78 you know what i mean like this has to be a normal week business as usual but the focus just has to be there more you, you just can't overthink it because if you overthink it you end up with the fourth quarter and you're running Saquon Barkley on fourth and five at midfield on a read option that just took way too long to develop. Cause that's what happens when you overthink they've shown that they can sustain drives. They've shown they can play defense with, I mean, they're the best defense in the country in terms of yards per game, second best defense in terms of points per game allowed. Ironically, the top three are Michigan, Penn state, Ohio state, all three. Big if Michigan teams. wasn't the top defense or in that top number with the schedule that they've played so far, that would be, that True. would be embarrassing, but True. continue. I'm sorry. I had to get that in there. That was, that was on the tip of my toe. No, you're good. But that's, uh, you have to prepare for this team as if it's any other opponent. Like you can't be too in extra practices. You can't be like, uh, I, I got to watch 20 more minutes. Of, it's past my bedtime. I got to watch 20 more minutes of film. I, uh, you know, I, I, I slightly missed this throw. Uh, I need to throw it my five more times to make sure I throw it right. Like you just can't overthink it in that way. And I think the way the messaging is towards the media, out facing both from players, both from coaches. It's it's cool as a cucumber. It's just just another week. Like, oh yeah, I guess one uh, no mentality. Look looking at the schedule. Oh, I guess we're going to Columbus this week. And I think having that UMass game between the bye week and Ohio State really helped them with that because they probably prepared for Ohio State in the bye week, had a normal week for UMass, and then you immediately go into a normal week mm-hmm. for Ohio State. So I I I like the way the messaging is coming out across and that's the way we were with Iowa when the messaging inside the locker room was like, cut these dudes heads off. Like a hundred right. yards is too many yards to give up on defense. Exactly. Now. And that's the thing with, with Penn state. And this is, I think the thing that people maybe don't understand about James Franklin, or maybe they do understand it and they just don't want to or whatever, but he has the ability to get everybody to buy in on a singular message message. It's not just him. That's want to know. It is every single player, every single support staff, every single coach, every single person is one and no mentality. We're focused on the here, the now we don't give a shit about the rest. We are focused on today and today only. And that being able to get that consistent message means so much because when you're not, when you're, 
going down the straight and narrow and you veer off and take that fork in the road, things get crazy, right? You know, you look at just look at across the state pit and how kind of all over the place they are. Pat Narduzzi blamed the quarterback situation on his offensive coordinator. As a, as a head coach, you've got to take that, you know, you've got to take the blame a little bit. Also, Christian Bayer, shout out to him. I know I missed the, the first podcast this week as I was frantically looking for my keys, which if anybody was worried about, I did find only three days later. So there is that. But but that's the thing. You have the same consistent message. That's incredibly meaningful. That matters, too, in a situation like this. These guys, honestly, they might not be able to know what who's next. And I don't think anybody really thinks about who's next after Ohio State. But that's one of those situations where now you, you see what happens. You see that consistency in that messaging. And that is a big, big thing. And we're going to talk a little bit more about a lot of other things when we come back for the third and final segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Esports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Esports Now Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin, I said in the second segment that I took Penn State. I like that score, or I like them to score 31 points to Ohio State's 24 points. I texted you this earlier on Wednesday to to make sure that, you know, I didn't forget, number one, but also so that you had time to prepare your score as well. Yeah, and honestly, before you text me that, if I do or if I do recall correctly, I said, damn it, when you sent me your score prediction, because I was going to go the same way. However, I'm going to say Penn State scores even more points than that. I'm going to go 34-24, and I I may eat my words on this, but 24 points for Ohio State sounds like a stretch. If if they cannot, if if Marvin Harrison Jr. cannot get loose, Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming, if they can't get loose, Cade Stover up the seam for like a 40-yard pass, like if they can't get those big explosive plays, I don't know how Penn State – defensive line does not overwhelm Ohio State's defensive offensive line to the point where Kyle, Kyle McCord's not shaking in his boots. So I'm going to say 34-24. Uh, Penn State should go into a Columbus and win. Uh, we did miss the weather forecast before that. Uh, if you care, high, low, 59-41. Occasional showers, 37% chance of rain, 13-mile-an-hour winds in Columbus. So a little bit windy, but shouldn't impact uh, – I think that favors Penn State because 13 mile hour wins. It's not that bad. And Drew Lyle only throws a 15 yard downfield max. So um, I do think also that Penn State gets off to a quicker start. Drew Aller has been in the horseshoe for these big games as a fan. He knows what the environment's like. And then if you're the defense, it's going to be quiet out there. You can yell any call that you want, make any adjustment that you want. And you can just feed off the crowd when the offense is on the field and the crowd's going crazy. And just come out and match that energy. So 34-24, said that four times now. Yeah, you, you mentioned the atmosphere. Penn State is ready for that atmosphere. It is hostile no matter where they go. It is loud wherever they go, home, road, neutral, wherever. It is always going to be loud. So they – and that's why teams like Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State don't really struggle in big-time games. They're used to that. They're, they're not rattled by noise. And for Penn State, you know – it's loud and, it, and people kind of fail to realize like how just how loud it, it might be or, or 
or actually is and it listen it is very very loud and it's going to be loud on saturday afternoon and i think that's exactly why i think it would be louder at night i think it would be super it would be even more loud if this was a primetime game if they have their little red out their scarlet out whatever you want to call it and you know it's penn state's time to shine take hold of the game control the momentum and don't let them you know, find the scoreboard. And if they're capable of doing that, I think good, very good things are, are going to happen for them. And and let's be real throughout the rest of the league or the rest of the country. There are only a few marquee matchups this week. Uh, Duke Florida state comes to mind. Oh, no, we got to do our bet of the week. Oh, that's right. That's right. What's our, what's our bet this week? Because I know you want to catch me on some foolishness from last week. Not foolishness. Also, we forgot to mention spread current spread, Ohio state minus four and a half over under 45 and a half. So Jared and I are both taking Penn state against the spread and on the money line and on the over bet last week, super complicated. We're going to really easy this week bet last week, Penn state five plays of 20 yards or more, four plays of 30 yards or more. Penn state scored exactly four plays of 30 yards or more. Plus two Daquan Hardy, 56 yard punt return and a 68 yard. That does not count. It was to the house, to the house. That's explosion. It would have been a push. It I is a push. You don't get any points. I think Absolutely, that's not I how think, that works. I think that's a dub. Anyways, I am looking at the statistics bet. right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Big plays. Penn State. Bet this week. Let's go bet this and week. It is not on there. They are brushing and passing, so that doesn't count. What is the bet this week, Kevin? Bet this week. You and I split Penn State's point total. You have under 32.5 points. I have over 32.5 points. I dig it. That's super easy. That's, that's Yeah, last week was super complicated. We'll go super easy. Penn State over under 32 and a half points on offense or excuse me, 32 and a half points score total in the game. I have the over. You have the under. That works for me. Now, around the country, I mentioned Duke, Florida State. That game, I think, is very, very important because I think Duke can beat Florida State. I think I don't know that that Florida State is for real. This is going to that's the primetime game on ABC. Um, And the beauty of this is I can watch it. Uh, I yeah. can finally get to watch fo- um, football at night. You know, you, then you've got FSU uh, 14 and a half point favorites. That yeah. is take the, Oh my God. That is, dude. I think you take that. I think you take that spread there. Yeah. <laughs> Giving them 14. Whew. Um, uh, actually, uh, Riley, I don't think Riley Leonard's playing, which is really unfortunate. He's got that high ankle sprain. Yes. But I still uh, think Duke's capable I hate to say that about Duke. We've been robbed of a good game. It'll still be. I think it'll still be solid. Um, you've got Tennessee at Alabama. You've got um, North Texas at Tulane. I, that's not really going to be a good game, but I just wanted to toss that out there. Um, any other year, Michigan, Michigan State, I think would be a great game. But it would be absolutely hilarious if the Spartans in the situation that they're in um, beat Michigan. Um, but they've the Spartans have been playing pretty well, which is – you know, suffice to say, given their circumstances, they're rocking the black. They're all black uniforms, which is absolutely they are. They are really, really nice. Um, they have also not won a game since um, the first two weeks of the season, but they did only lose to Rutgers by three. I think Michigan destroys um, the Spartans with ease. Yeah, it's that's not even going to be pretty. Um, JJ McCarthy Heisman hype train since Caleb Williams got 
run over by the train and then backed up on it against Notre Dame. And they played Utah. Over again. Yeah. Because he threw some, three picks. And some weird, weird, weird story came out about him wanting ownership stake and and the team that drafts him. I think that's kind of bullshit, but whatever. But they have Utah. I think Utah. I think Utah can win that game. I think so too. Uh, Lincoln Riley's been a little testy in his in his press conferences, so God love that. Um, He's probably about ready to bolt for the NFL uh, because things really aren't going his way out in Southern California. But overall, the all eyes are in Happy Valley, and I think that's kind of the. As much as I don't like this being a big noon game, like you've got game day in, in Columbus, you've got big noon in Columbus. The issue is this game's at noon, but now all eyes are going to be on Columbus first game of the day. And I think that's going to be huge, um, but it's going to be a great atmosphere. I'll be out there for that going out on Friday for the game Saturday. So it'll be, it'll be nice to see the crowd, the festivities and, and see really how it goes. One last thing. Uh, we got to mention it, a ranked service academy on the road, Air Force ranked on the road, playing against Navy. Unfortunately, noon on CBS, so same time as Penn State, Ohio State. But anytime the service academies get together, always good time. Yeah, it's not quite the Army-Navy game, but, you know, Air Force-Navy is pretty solid too. So good, good for the service academies. But that Army-Navy game, if you ever have a chance to go, go. It is so worth every single moment. Um, and hell, it's the safest you'll ever feel at a football game or anything for that matter. <laughs> but for Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Prugar on the Latching Out podcast on the Any Sports Now Network. We'll catch you again after the Ohio State Penn State game to talk about what went down in Columbus. And hopefully, we'll have some good news to report. We'll catch you again later this weekend on the Any Sports Now Network.